Welcome to the Rambling Ranger podcast, episode five. My name is Luke Taylor, and I'm joined here today by Will George. Hi, Luke. How you doing, Will? So, Will, Will is a former Ranger um, as of last year, wasn't it? That's right, yeah. Um, yeah, kind of switched as a should think many people have done within the sector to a role that is similar but uh, yeah strictly speaking not called a ranger of course so that is the topic that we're going to be focusing on today and i suppose the experience and perspective that uh, you obviously now have in your current role but the experience as a ranger and as a volunteer um long long ago that um helps you i suppose in this role that you, you have today so um, do you mind just by introducing yourself uh, sure, yeah. So um, my name's Will. Uh, I uh, live in Edinburgh now, um, uh, originally from down south, um, but uh, I've uh, spent oh, quite a bit of time now doing uh, an interesting variety of things for um, different organisations in Scotland, um, England, uh, and also in New Zealand. Um, uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's been an interesting and winding journey uh, that has kind of got me to this point, I think. Yeah, I could imagine. Um, I, we've known each other now, I think. Well, we've only really spoken through, I suppose, our work. And then myself, um, as of last year, working for well, your former employer. But it was, I think, the West Lothian, uh, the Lothian and Borders uh, Ranger meetups back in, I think, 2016 was when you first started off as a ranger in your last position and uh, I first started rangering in general and I think it was um, your Evenside Country Park in Falkirk was our first um, so these meetups happen every well every three months but obviously things have been slightly different and it's a gathering of rangers from the Lothian and Borders and we, uh, we visit sites um, hosted by a ranger um, and they talk us through, I suppose, how the site is managed, and we normally have quite a fun activity in there. But, um, I mean, through things like that, you get to meet other people, and I suppose that's that's how we first met. Um, what brought you yeah, up? Really, really good. Those uh, those meetups have been excellent at bringing people together and um, having people like yourself, so some younger people come along has been a really fantastic way of meeting people, but also seeing who's coming into the sector and, and sharing experience around. There's some, some brilliant people that have been willing to show off what they do and, uh, and then get a chance to, to yeah, share ideas. So I'd highly recommend anyone that, um, that is keen to get in touch, even start a group in, in a different part of the country as well. Talk to Scra, find some like-minded people and, and get involved. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, um, there used to be kind of regional groups is what, um, what, um, what we're calling them, I suppose. And um, obviously these are ran by sort of regional rangers almost kind of in partnership with uh, the Scottish Country Rangers Association. But um, they kind of just get on with it. Um, it's obviously um, John Harrison over in East Lothian um, who is um, managing and um, coordinating the the our regional groups and as you said it kind of um it gives a good chance an opportunity for some of the rangers that have been there year on year to meet potentially some of the new seasonals or uh, apprentices whatever that may be so obviously we were the 
the the new ones to the group, gosh, three years ago when we went to that first one. And I suppose it's who else is coming into the industry as well. Um, I think we even had volunteers along at that one as well, which again gives them an opportunity to meet other rangers across the country. And um, out with of sharing ideas and knowledge and whatnot, it's also it's a great opportunity for networking. Um, so what brought you up here then? Well, because obviously you said you're not obviously originally from Scotland, you're from um, down south. So yeah, how did, what was your journey like in becoming a ranger? Um, perhaps uh, not unsurprisingly to many kind of ranger colleagues and other people in this sector, um, my background isn't in rangering or environmental conservation or ecology. Um, I think whilst there are plenty of people that have, come in from that route there are also plenty of people that have come in from elsewhere uh, and I'm one of those so I did a, a politics degree and a master's in international development um, that was at Edinburgh so that brought me up here I worked in the Scottish Parliament for two years um, uh, and then decided um, again I think not uncommon amongst uh, our peers that uh, I needed to do more outside um, uh, less insights and that doing that in my spare time just wasn't enough and I wanted to to find something a bit different and more fulfilling. Um, at that point uh, went off to New Zealand um, and volunteered out there um, at their National Arboretum um, working with uh, the curator there to look after their collection of trees. Um, uh, came back to the UK after kind of a year um, and went back into an office down south, but uh, working for the wildlife trusts, so more in, environmental focused. Um, and six months of that really gave me the, the kick to then uh, kind of bite the bullet, um, head up to Glencoe, which I'd visited a few times and, and absolutely loved, um, uh, and be a long-term seasonal volunteer for them. Um, Fortunately enough, and I think we'll probably come on to this at various points, um, they were able to give me accommodation to make it affordable because without that, um, it would have been a massive barrier. Um, really, again, I think quite a lot of our peers have probably found this. It's really hard to volunteer um, whilst maintaining a life. Um, it's uh, pretty challenging if you happen to work a full-time job and volunteer on the side. Mm. Um, to make that stick um, so having the ability to to have a, a roof over my head at least um, paid for made it possible so I was up there for nine months um, and then that position came to an end they like to share it around amongst people uh, came back to Edinburgh and uh, was fortunate enough to get a job working in Hollywood Park for Historic Environment Scotland um, uh, so that's kind of what's got me to this point slightly roundabout uh, direction, but I think um, plenty of people will recognise that um, from their own experience. Yeah, um, it's, well, you've, you've kind of, you ended up on your back at your doorstep almost, but um, <laughs> yeah. the, uh, the jump that you initially made to New Zealand, what, what was, what kind of spurred that on? Because that's quite a big, for someone like yourself to go from one job to then obviously wanting to go uh, into the kind of conservation industry. Um, how, how did that opportunity come about? Yeah, again, um, kind of slightly roundabout. Um, my partner at the time, um, she was looking to, 
she'd been doing a holiday volunteering in Scotland and hadn't been able to turn any of those into a job, basically. So done all sorts of bits and pieces and then saw an opportunity to, to go to New Zealand and the kind of opportunity to travel, um, but also do something relevant and, and different. Just kind of came along at the right time. Um, I'm definitely not someone for uh, just uh, kind of sitting and, and waiting and making kind of do with, I guess, like I enjoyed my job um, in the parliament. It was really interesting, but um, I think after two years of sitting, looking at a computer screen all day, I knew that that wasn't what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. Um, and, uh, and so the opportunity to go and, and do something much more active and outdoors just and travel at the same time, go to somewhere that I really wanted to go to um, and, you know, have a, have a different experience was just too good to pass up. Yeah, I mean, it sounds great. Um, I know a lot of, um, you get a lot of people certainly around my age. I'm not quite sure what age were you around that time. That's a good point. Uh, what was I, about 25, 26 maybe? Okay, right. Mm. Yeah, you find a lot of people go to the, well, go international kind of when they've either finished. It's almost like gap years in uni, but um, a lot of the work experience out there is, I suppose, different in many ways to the work experience that, um, is available here and that kind of leads to a good point where you were given a lot obviously when you were up in Glencoe where the accommodation for you was was vital do you think those same um suppose things given to you as a volunteer are the same now same opportunities same trying to think of the word here yeah, just things to obviously help and cater for volunteers um, that have potentially moved like yourself quite far to go do that sort of thing. Um, I, d I still think it's a frustration for many people. There have been uh, kind of individual examples dotted around. I guess, you know, yourself is, is another one. Um, you know, apprenticeship schemes um, uh, have kind of popped up in a few places at different times, but... Um, often that can be hard to sustain. So maybe we have like one round of apprenticeship schemes somewhere and then they kind of, the funding drops out or um, people change and it, and it isn't maintained, um, which is pretty frustrating for people. Um, I do definitely, and, and the same when I, was, when I was a volunteer up there and since I worry about um, how we get people into the sector um, and yeah, the opportunities that we give people from different backgrounds to be able to do that. Yeah. Um, you know, it, there is a there is, I suppose, some benefit to the idea that um, if you want to get into this line of work, you have to show real commitment to doing it, and and so as a result, what you you know you, you can end up with people that have shown that and are really committed, and that's great. But I will also imagine there's plenty of people who would be really good at it would be a real benefit to the sector who are really committed but don't have the confidence or the means um, to be able to get into it they can't afford you know they don't have the benefit of um, you know parents that can support them or you know a partner or um, a flexible enough work arrangement to be able to volunteer enough um, and just get put off and, yeah and yeah. so you know I do worry about who we miss out on as a result of that coming into the sector. Um, and I think, you know, obviously, it, 
in current times, that's an increased challenge and we'll see what impact um, there's going to be on our on our sector. Um, yeah, I think initial things have been not maybe particularly positive, which isn't yeah. again, maybe surprising. Um, but that's there might be opportunities on the back of that. It, it might be that um, we then look at different ways of getting people in and that opens up some opportunities. But um, I'd really like to see something more coordinated um, uh, that is more consistent across the country rather than kind of good examples here and there and bad examples in other places and then just a lack of opportunity in others. Yeah, I think that's a really valid point. I think it's that you touched upon sustainability. And I think, as you said, a lot of these opportunities just now are very uh, spontaneous or sporadic at certain times when either work is needed or uh, organisations or employers are able to afford to fund these positions. But um, yeah, we just, I suppose, need something that's, as you said, I mean, it affects a lot of people in lots of different ways. And the people that are coming into the industry um, see it as a, a new option, either a career change or straight out of school. And I suppose from my being at college, you end up with a lot of these either, well, people that would be good for the industry um, that are potentially a bit older, so adults that are put off because they're saying, why have I came from this job that I was making money, making a living into something that isn't. And then you get the, the younger generation that are put off because it's just too difficult for them to, to find, find a footing or have the opportunities there. Um, because again, there's already an abundance of uh, volunteers in lots of places. And I suppose it's just trying to find that that balance in many ways. Um, yeah, completely. And you know, I think in uh, other other kind of organisations and and countries, perhaps there's more of a um, an obvious route through. Um, yeah. uh, and I I think we definitely benefit from uh, trying to get that in place a bit more. But that you know, that's a really big challenge in this country as a result of um how the sector is managed you know we don't have um a kind of big uh national parks type setup across the whole country we yeah. have lots of different um kind of organizations that get involved um and you know that can have real benefits and there's some really good examples of collaboration and, and things like that but it, it definitely has downsides in terms of being able to to kind of show people a, um, a kind of streamlined path. This is yep. how you get into the sector. It's really, it's really difficult when people, and I'm sure you've had this as well, when people ask you the question, either parents or young people, um, or, you know, again, people that are looking for a career change, ask, how do you get into this? And you go, uh, there's not, <laughs> not kind of one way. And, you, and you're, I tend to revert back to an answer that I used to hate getting given when I asked the question myself, which was, Oh, you really have to volunteer. Yeah. Um, and and I I don't like having to give that answer because no. you you're like well that you know this can't be the only way, and yet it still feels like that you know is a big part of it. Um, and you know volunteering can be great, um, and there are lots of benefits to it. But again, it it's all about how we manage that, and that varies from organisation to organisation massively. Um, and there's some really good practice and there's some not so great practice um, and I think cleaning all that up would be a massive benefit. Yeah I think so I think 
we can learn a lot from our international kind of counterparts and I think over recent years we've certainly been trying to not change what's or almost uh, reinvent the wheel when it comes to old-fashioned kind of sayings such as volunteering is key because as we find it's kind of became it's gotten to a saturation point but um, I'm hopeful that through sort of through Scottish Cancer Rangers Association and uh, these kind of partnerships between other organisations or national parks that what it seems quite just disjointed just now can kind of come together. Um, how do you think then as your volunteering experience, um, how did that help you get into becoming a ranger? And then obviously what was, what was your first ranger job? So um, I think that the key thing with the volunteering is, is showing that kind of interest and commitment. There is an experience aspect that um, allows someone else to kind of look at you and think, oh, well, okay, they've, they've got a bit of an idea of what, um, you know what to do in these circumstances but I think a lot of it is just knowing that you've shown an interest and kind of um, and put some effort into it um, yes. uh, and knowing that you you come with that because um, I think for, for most of us it's a vocation um, you know it is a profession and and we uh, continue to to look for recognition of it being a profession but um, I think you know it, it really is a vocation it's uh it's something that people do because they love doing it they're yep. committed and passionate about it um uh and and that's where you know starting off as a volunteer you can you can show that um I think it is really important for people to to kind of hear from i guess different people's experience of that and I know um having you know met quite a few rangers now a lot of them did volunteering at start but in totally different you know different organizations different time scales um you know i found it easiest ultimately to kind of commit fully to it and the nine months in glencoe you know like i was a, a like a fairly pivotal member of staff really like I, I was a volunteer but um was doing um many things that the the staff were doing um, leading guided walks and taking out children's groups and um, land rover safaris, maintenance tasks, a whole a whole kind of heap of things. Um, but other people have done it by doing one day a month for a, a year or so. Um, so I, I think it is about, you know, you can fit it in and finding ways, um, any way to, to get involved. And also like learn about what you like and don't like you know, yeah. there are some, some really good um organizations out there There's the dirty weekenders who are affiliated to edinburgh uni and um uh, loathing conservation volunteers um a lot of the the national organizations also have an ability to volunteer with them just doing a day here and there it gives you a chance to meet different people um hopefully enjoy yourself um get different experience and see you know is this like, do I like this? Do I want to do more of this? Um, um, so it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't have to be kind of super, super hardcore, kind of giving up everything to, to get into it. Um, but it, it would be good to see, you know, when people do decide to do that, um, having the opportunity to, to kind of be part of a, a quite, you know, a fairly organised programme where they know that they're going to come out the other end of it with 
a certain level of skills and experience. Yeah. Um, uh, and and as a you know, be picky if you if you're wanting to get into this um, this sector. Like, look around. Like, talk to different people. See what different volunteering opportunities are out there. Um, and and find one that is going to kind of really give you something back. Um, volunteers should not be just simply used as free labor. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, you know, the organizations that you volunteer with are, are, should be, you know, benefiting from, from what you do, sure. Um, but also, you know, so should you as a volunteer. Um, yeah. And hopefully those organizations should, should learn from your, like what you bring from, you know, your schooling or other jobs you've had, or, you know, just your kind of enthusiasm um, is all beneficial. So be picky. It's that mutual relationship, isn't it? That's quite important. Yeah. And it's, um, it's the, you getting the skills from that employer or organization in a volunteer role, but also as you've quite rightly said, the, the idea of an organization or employer having volunteers in the first place is an opportunity for them to, to learn from the, the people that they're working for as well and uh, be able to tweak things in these uh, range of voluntary services or uh, volunteer ranger services that have, that potentially run themselves. I mean, I know a lot of um, uh, ranger and voluntary ranger services I've had a chance to work with are very much self-dependent and just kind of get on with it almost um, with just some coordination from obviously the whoever's uh, managing them team-wise but um yeah so what was your job I mean, like oh no sorry go on I was say the, the coordination aspect is you know is also quite important or, or can be you know as you say like particularly if people get more experienced and um, you know you can have uh longer longer standing volunteers um be you know relatively uh independent um and that's really great but if you want a sustainable um, and kind of beneficial volunteer community having proper coordination is is really crucial um, and I think sometimes um, we hear from from colleagues um, who aren't that that kind of part of their role is not recognized yes. um, yeah. it's it's kind of seen as oh volunteers are great because you know they'll do some stuff and uh, and you don't really have to think about it whereas um, that just isn't the case and, and you know shouldn't shouldn't be the case um, yeah. it's uh, you know it's really important to to manage those people properly yeah. um, and value them and uh, because otherwise um, you know, no one's really benefiting as much as they should do um, and I, I think uh, it's a it's a bit of a it can, could be a bit of a slippery slope if that aspects gets uh, downgraded um, and uh, I definitely think you know both both organizations and volunteers will will be uh, missing out a lot um, if we don't continue to recognize that as an important aspect of people's roles. Yeah absolutely I think anything that affects or hinders the the voluntary side of our profession also hinders the our uh, full-time professional that are already existing it, it hinders our work and uh, not reputation but um, yeah it's, it's important to keep and work together with both parties. Um, we'll obviously touch upon next your current role which um, feeds into that quite nicely 
But um, I, I'm, I am interested in hearing what was your experience as a ranger like then after volunteering in Hollywood Park? Um, I guess the, the contrast from kind of coming from Glencoe into the uh, middle of Scotland's capital was quite interesting. <laughs> um, uh, but I mean, the, like, I, I felt really fortunate to, to have got to work in two really iconic places. Um, having lived in Edinburgh previously for three years, Hollywood Park was somewhere that I loved and really valued and a lot of people have really positive associations with. Um, and, you know, Glencoe is the same. Um, so, you know, and I, and I, I think rangers across the country as well, they, you know, we fall in love with the places that we work in. Yeah. Um, you know, even if they're not necessarily as kind of widely recognised um, as two of those, they are recognised by people. You know, all of these spaces are valued by people for a whole variety of reasons. You know, it might just be recreation. Um, it might be, you know, where you walk your dog. Um, and, and, you know, that's really important. It's people's connecting with nature on a daily basis. Um, you know, could be kids' first experience of nature. Um, that hopefully leads them to to kind of care more in the future. Um, you know, could be a chance to connect with family, meditate. You know, all sorts of things, um, and we all fall in love with that. So, um, just because I've I feel you know fortunate to have worked in those iconic places, I think uh, I think we all feel pretty fortunate to to connect with these spaces over um, kind of years, months, and years. Um, it was. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's a lot more people. <laughs> in a the, lot more, yeah. Um, or at least more permanently um, surrounding Hollywood Park. Um, and that, that meant much more kind of public engagement, I suppose, um, which I really enjoyed. Um, um, you know, my background isn't ecology, it's politics. And for me, um, bringing people along and engaging people with our natural environment is... A big part of why I really like um, being well, like being a ranger and, and continue to like being engaged with people and the environment. Um, you know, if we don't get people to interact with the natural environment, um, we're not going to inspire them to to care for it and protect yeah. it in the future. Um, you know, we've got to bring people with us. It's really great having inspired, passionate rangers, um, but we can't do it by ourselves by any means you know we have to we have to get public buy-in um and and Hollywood definitely gave a chance to speak to um well across across the kind of course of the year we did um between 10 and 20,000 I think school children came into the park and, yeah um uh, guided walks and uh, volunteers coming in to help with wildlife surveys or just chatting to members of the public um and really enjoyed um, a lot of that. That was fantastic. Um, it was a kind of small search and rescue aspect of what we did, and um, I enjoyed enjoyed doing that. You know, I, I like helping people and and being useful. So um, that was excellent. Um, I mean, obviously challenges. You know, it's, we all face those. It's a it's a fairly kind of urban surrounding and. Um, people pressure is increasing um it's well not entirely sure the number of visitors but two two three 
possibly even kind of four million. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. People coming through, um, and and that brings kind of pressures and frustrations. But um, whilst sometimes they take up more time than you would like, actually the number of incidents is pretty low. Um, most people are pretty good. Um, <laughs> most. Most people are pretty good. Um, um, and it's always different. I think that's another, you know, again, I think for a lot of our colleagues, like turning up to work, having a vague idea of what you're going to do, but knowing that there's going to be surprises and challenges along the way keeps it interesting. Um, and, and, you know, no two days are ever really the same. Um, which is said a lot across all, I think, ranges that you, ranger services, ranges that you talk to based industries um, it's I think the key phrase uh, with many of our uh, like roles yeah yeah um, completely and I think there you know there are a lot of uh, experts um, amongst our colleagues in in a variety of fields but we're also you know most of us I think are expected to to have a pretty firm grasp on a really wide range of subjects and be able to think on our feet yeah. and adapt to situations um and i really enjoyed that aspect of of the job um and i think i think it's a it's a beneficial thing to be <laughs> i mean it keeps you interested um but it's useful for other aspects of your life and you know other potential kind of professions and careers as well so um uh it uh, yeah keeps on your toes keeps you on your toes it's, it's very valuable for not just your professional side but the whole um the whole spontaneous element to it or um, having to go in day and day kind of you you plan for things things can change it, it, it has a more personal impact on you as well via your you can build on your confidence a lot better or elements or skills that you wouldn't necessarily get an opportunity on in a mundane kind of similar day-to-day -day, the same role um, but I've I was fortunate enough last year to to work in Hollywood as well um, actually, <laughs> I say thanks to you, uh, to le you leaving, uh, funnily enough. Um, I, I was one of the seasonals that kind of filled or backfilled uh, Will's um, leaving that position. And um, yeah, it was, it was a great opportunity for me coming from a three-year apprenticeship into then a completely different environment, different team, different job with obviously familiar elements, but... Um, a whole a lot of variety of different things that I've never done before, uh, such as hill rescue and crowd management, but um, a, a hell of a lot of people in one place sometimes uh, at one time. Um, and as you said, the visitor numbers for the number one visited site in Edinburgh, uh, which is Hollywood Park, is, is phenomenal, um, which is why you need a ranger service there and the team that it is. Uh, no, it's, it's, it's great. Um, so your role now is obviously similar but uh, slightly different but it kind of touches upon everything that we've talked about um but what is that role um so uh, i work for the conservation volunteers um an organization that is kind of probably engaged with quite a good number of rangers around scotland um absolutely some locations more than others and is um is uk wide um uh started down south and um basically the primary purpose purpose is um engaging people with um nature for the benefit of both um 
I really enjoy uh, the, the the kind of volunteering is is in the name. It's um, it's not a kind of a means to an end. It's it's a fundamental point of the organisation is to to get people engaging with nature through volunteering, um, and the benefit it brings them as well as hopefully the benefit it brings to the natural environment at the same time. Um, and my job specifically is to take out uh, corporate volunteers um, from uh, companies who uh, are keen for their employees to um, get out, give something back and see the benefit. Um, often, I think, primarily to their employees. Um, um, you know, there is a reputational element for those companies as well. But a lot of the time it's about um, the job satisfaction um, that it gives their employees um, to feel like they have the opportunity to uh, to give back um, and uh, and uh, enjoy themselves, be outdoors, learn new skills, um, engage with each other each other in a different way as well. Yeah. Um, so we uh, we take people out and do everything across a range of sites. So um, working with, um, well, what are called natural heritage offices in Edinburgh, essentially ranges, um, to, to look after council sites. So that could be path work, um, building steps, could be um, uh, planting trees, removing invasive species, um, but then also going into children's homes, hospital sites, um, schools, uh, all sorts of different places that also need help um, with their green space. Um, could be, you know, building raised beds so that people can have um, kind of horticultural therapy in the um, Royal Edinburgh um, Psychiatric Hospital, um, or uh, yeah, putting in growing spaces or paths into a children's homes so that the young people can enjoy their outside space better and hopefully engage with it more. Um, so quite a wide variety of tasks, more practical than I was probably doing in Holyrood, um, mm. but using a lot of the same skills that um, I used when I was a ranger. And when I was a ranger in, in Holyrood, I took out some corporate groups there and did um, removal of gorse and um, Himalayan balsam. So, um, yeah, quite, there's there's a lot of overlap, and I'm you know I get to engage with ranger service, which is which has really been good, um, both in Mid Lothian and in West Lothian um, so far, um, uh, and across uh, as well um, Glasgow way. So um, it's really nice to still kind of keep in contact with ranger colleagues and hopefully um, kind of be of assistance as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's um, it's good to have people or rangers that are leaving the industry still within obviously the same similar um, role or job and um, having someone like yourself with TCV and in a, in a volunteer coordinating post is, is, um, has a lot of benefits to it um, for the ranger services working with someone like yourself. I feel like nowadays I think there's a lot of 
a lot of talk goes about where we've got issues where there's potentially people that are managers or coordinators or whatever that that haven't had the same experience as a ranger beforehand they've maybe changed careers or changed posts and they're more of like a corporate figure rather than a, a people's person or someone with the relevant skills and experience so i think it's it's important to highlight that the ranger service you go to or kind of jobs that are likewise that there's a huge amount of i think you'll agree transferable skills um be that between the practical or the the more surveying aspect uh, etc so yeah it's it's great what is your favorite thing about um about your current role well that's a good question um quite hard to narrow it down to one I think <laughs> I mean I really I really like engaging with people um, and you know they, they choose pretty much everyone chooses to come out they're not forced to so yeah. um, uh, getting to do a job and I'm you know I had this when I was a ranger as well getting to do a job where other people turn around and say oh like I'd like to do this every day or um, you know oh you're so lucky to do this and you think you know that that's that's pretty cool um you know or you know in, when it was in Hollywood, you know or glencoe oh this you know this is your office so this is a pretty cool office um and uh you know that's that's definitely fantastic but I, as well um in my current role going to places that that need some assistance and being able to provide that um and seeing the change over the course of a day or a week or a year even as we kind of go through projects um, in places that otherwise maybe wouldn't get that assistance is really rewarding. And, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, it's one of the things that brings me joy is the, just people's reactions almost to what we do on a kind of our job as a ranger and on a day-to-day -day basis, but also the small implications or impacts that can have on people. As you said, you'll get a lot of really nice comments uh, that oh I could do this every day or this is now what I want to do and even just some of those groups that come out um, that have additional needs and uh, th just the impacts that rangers can have on them just being in an outdoor environment even helping those places that don't necessarily have the workforce or uh, a local woodland or site that's in deterioration actually having people there looking after the site for a series of weeks whatever and then actually at the end of it being able to see what they've done and how they've able, been able to help so i think um it's, it's fantastic yeah massively and i mean you know i think um you know for, for a lot of us uh the reason we continue what we'll, we'll get into the the sector and then continue in it is for the joy that we have of being outdoors and the mental health and physical health benefits that that has for us um, and being able to pass that on to other people and hopefully encourage other people to get those same benefits and have the same passion for the thing that you're passionate about um, is, a, is a really rewarding part of the job. And that, you know, I get that in my current role as I did when I was a ranger. So, um, you know, I, I think that's a big thing. It's, it's starting to get more rec recognition uh, more widely. I think a lot of us have known it for a long time. Um, and if you talk to people, I think a lot of people understand it. You know, if you if you talk to people about their early memories of being outside, a lot of them will be able to recall it. You know, a local green space or wherever that that taught them about. Uh, and you know, that obviously there's more and more research now coming out that that is backing up that. Um, and what we need to see the next step is uh, a bit more, I suppose, um, financial backing for that recognition, um, and seeing even more support for the the work that. Um, 
encourage and support people to, to get out, enjoy these spaces, be able to, because the spaces are, you know, are looked after and cared for, um, so that everyone can continue to benefit um, and hopefully then give something back and, and maintain these spaces so that they're still there for generations to come. It has grown over recent years, but I think we, then, we now need to see the next step. Um, we need to see uh, actual backing financially and kind of politically um, to make that sustainable rather than just a bit of kind of talk about it. It's starting to happen. There, you know, there is positive news, but um, I think we also like, uh, there's still a bit seeing a range of positions at threat and being lost. Um, and that doesn't really fit with the kind of situation that we're hearing elsewhere about climate emergency and needing to engage people with the natural environment. You know, that's what we do. Um, and uh, we need to see more support for that. Now, we've talked about the international aspect of rangering and how other volunteer ranger services and things have led there. You actually were fortunate enough on behalf of SCRA to go to the International Ranger Rendezvous. Um, could you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, it feels, uh, feels like a very long time ago now. <laughs> um, it's back in November 2019. Um, uh, headed off to Nepal. Uh, for a week um, and yeah I guess um, I'd, I'd heard various things from from other uh, rangers that had been before um, but didn't really know what to expect um, realized kind of as I was waiting to get on a, a bus for about seven hours to drive through Nepal to get to the conference venue with a load of other rangers um, that what have I let myself in for uh, as I realised I'm much more of an introvert than an extrovert and um, uh, I'm about to try and spend a week making a small talk with people that everyone, you know, I'm sure it wasn't the case, but it felt like everyone else knew at least, you know, one other person had travelled with colleagues or whatever. And, um, but uh, very quickly realised it was a pretty kind of life-changing life experience. Um, can't recommend it highly enough for anyone else that... Um, ever thinks about going to, to that, the, the World Ranger Congress or the, the European Ranger Congress as well. There is, um, yeah. Uh, just to, well, in, in Nepal, there, it was the first time it was held in Asia. Um, there were over 550 rangers from over 70 countries, um, all in the same space. Um, and I think I was pretty nervous about um, the differences that there were going to be between us um, you know my experience of, of rangering in, in Scotland um, versus people that spend their time um, protecting rhinos from armed poachers you know essentially kind of paramilitary organizations um, or law enforcement in North America um, you know just vastly different experiences and, and I guess kind of feeling like you know I might be a bit inadequate in comparison to some of these people who literally put their lives on the line on a regular basis um, and there was you know there was some of that inevitably there was some of that but it's so much more of what came out of it was about the similarities about what united us um, the the passion and the commitment to what we do and why we do it our love of nature the outdoors of trying to engage other people with it to protect it for the future 
was what came through and there wasn't really any of the awkward small talk um, because everyone was so interested in, in each other's stories um, and experiences and wanting to learn from each other and hear from each other were so enthusiastic about meeting people from other countries and I certainly don't I mean I, I don't know how many people from other countries I've met in my lifetime <laughs> um, probably all of them through that you don't, you don't take it keep a running count but to me I think I, I I did take a count during that six days and I spoke to people from over 45 different countries it's incredible yeah and and just that in itself was was mind-blowing um but then to be in a space here where everyone is caring about the same things and wanting to learn from each other has similar you know similar moans um and frustrations um but also a similar passion and, and wanting to make the, the world a better place for people um was just quite incredible uh yeah really really unbelievable um and incredibly fond memories it kind of um increased my passion for for kind of what we do and the importance of it and and i think it's easy at times to feel quite alone i think um yeah. you know within your own range of service you know there obviously there are some colleagues that pretty much work by themselves are the only ranger that's employed in that location or sometimes for that organization and you know it's a, it can be pretty tough you know you're coming up against challenges and frustrations and um you do feel quite lonely but i think it just made me appreciate what i'm a part of i'm part of something much much bigger um and uh and feel yeah very privileged to have gone would encourage other people to do the same thing you know and, and but also just engage with other rangers at a, a local level as well and getting get involved with colleagues from the same organization or um in a regional uh scra group or attend the ranger rendezvous um it it, it brings you energy ideas um and and allows you a chance to yeah to see the bigger picture which i think is incredibly valuable yeah i don't think i it any better um as you said it's quite hard to put into words an experience like that and I think it's, for me, it's been quite significant in feeling part of this bigger family. The um, ranger services across the world are uh, alike in some regards. And actually the people that you meet are often just the same as uh, you or I. And um, yeah, I'm extremely jealous of that opportunity, but I s sincerely hope I have the opportunity in the future. Mm. I, was, uh, I was due to be at the European Ranger Congress uh, in March. Was it uh, March? Yeah. And um, I, obviously with everything that's been going, it's been cancelled. So I'm hoping it gets rescheduled or um, I'll uh, likewise be able to attend um, later down the line. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously that experience was given to you through the Scottish Council Rangers Association. And um, the, I suppose the main organiser of that was the International Rangers Federation, which um, kind of look after ranger services across the world, um, which alone I think is an incredible for for a profession um so yeah it's um you've obviously gotten a lot out of that and uh, you're still doing bits for scar aren't you just now um yeah it's um like i've been furloughed now for quite a long time so that's been um uh kind of interesting it's it's taken me out of uh i suppose the kind of work environment which has been a bit strange for trying to continue to engage with some of these things um I think I'm still on a learning curve 
um, with that, I think it's really important for for SCRA to have um, more people engaging with it. Um, uh, but I think I I'm, certainly feels like I'm still in the, the learning phase of that and um, trying to listen and soak up the experience that is in within the organisation. Um, that I think it's really important that we don't lose, but also hopefully start to as well bring some some different perspectives in too. Absolutely. Um, yep. It's been really nice. You know, it's not just been me. There's a good um, kind of cohort of other fresh faces um, that, again, I think, you know, are keen to learn from from the more experienced hands, but um, as well, hopefully bring, bring our experience to bear too. Um, uh, and that's what I guess I'm, I'm kind of trying to do yeah. to an extent. Um, I think you know, there are, yeah, there's there's lots of fantastic people, and um, it, it's an organisation. You know, it's a members' organisation, so it's only as strong as the people that engage with it. Absolutely. Um, you know, it's voluntary. It's a volunteer-led organisation, um, and we need the members to to engage with it. Like the more people put in, the, the more people can get out of it ultimately. Um, and hearing more stories from across the country having more groups engaging you know on a local level hopefully attending rendezvous getting involved on social media all of these things will hopefully contribute to having a, a stronger ranger workforce and more recognition for our profession in scotland um, and you know scra with its very limited resources has been trying to do that um, for a good number of years now and uh, you know, most recently with a petition that went before parliament um, uh, with uh, George and uh, Bob leading on that um, has been really important for, for trying to get Rangers back into the political spotlight um, and and hopefully kind of change uh, how we're viewed and get us some more support. Um, you know, despite not being officially a Ranger, still really passionate about what Rangers do and um, I think it's crucial that we have uh, a well-functioning SCRA to do that. Um, so really encourage people to engage with that. Um, and it, you don't have to be, you know, you don't have to be a ranger to do that. Like other people, other yeah. allies and, and, um, can kind of take an interest in that. And I'd encourage people to get in contact with SCRA and, uh, uh, and take an interest. Yeah, quite rightly said. I feel I'm in the same boat with you with many things. So learning and now being a part of SCRA and um, we'll certainly be talking and hearing more from other SCRA members and uh, what SCRA is up to its goals and future things um, going forward on the podcast. Um, we have obviously this year unfortunately had to cancel the Ranger Rendezvous which is um, Rangers across Scotland gathering to share ideas and um, have a networking session um, that has been pushed back to next year. So we'll, uh, we'll hopefully be doing some coverage and actually just seeing what comes of that next year. So I'm looking forward to it and I think there's big things coming. And as you said, it's really crucial for the things like the petition and members of SCRA to stay active and raise the awareness of Rangers at a more than a government level, let's say. How yeah. would you like to continue then supporting rangers in your current role and is there just any pieces of advice that you'd like to give to the people that are listening um so i mean i think in my current role before uh the current situation kicked in it was uh shaping up to be a good year of getting more volunteers out 
um, to more sites, particularly over the winter, being in contact with a few ranger services. So I was really looking forward to doing more with with them. Um, and I, I'm hopefully going to, we'll be getting back to that at some point. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to that. Um, hopefully doing some more work with SCRA um, around social media as well to try and uh, get people kind of connecting with each other some more. Um, and on the international front as well, um, obviously that's going to be a bit tricky for the time being, but um, I'm sure we'll get there at some point. Move out. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I think advice wise, I think just um, yeah, engage with people, ask ask questions. Um, you know, this this podcast is a, another good example of uh, of people kind of the benefit of people talking to each other and uh, and hearing what different people have to say, um, and and really listening. That was I think one of the again going back to Nepal, one of the amazing things was they didn't really have to talk to anyone. Uh, just listen. <laughs> like Absolutely. that's the biggest it's a, um, so much, you know, interesting stories, experience out there. Um, you know, ask a few questions and sit back and listen and, and take it all in. Um, uh, and and talk up the bet you know, why why you love doing what you do. Um, you know, there there are frustrations, there are there are downsides, there are difficulties of of doing this kind of work, and often at times, um, you know, we need to have a good moan about things, as everyone does. Um, of course. <laughs> uh, but but as well, you know, when when we're talking to the public and and other people, um, it's easy to forget sometimes that uh, what we do is pretty cool yeah <laughs> um, very and, cool and a, bit, and a bit different and and as everyone does you you kind of get used to it and not so much take it for granted but um it becomes normal and but when other people are asking questions or you have an audience with someone it's your opportunity to talk up uh what rangers do what we do in this sector that's a real benefit to people take that opportunity um go for it and and you know it's an outlet for your passion and the reason why you got into this kind of work yeah no fantastic well it's been a pleasure talking to you will um where can people find out more about some of the things that we've discussed and tcv um of course which um, is um yeah um as with a lot of people it's a it's an interesting time so but there is still tcv activity on on facebook and online um uh the, the SCRA um, website as well. Um, um, look up your local ranger services, I think. Uh, pay attention, you know, um, particularly in current times, hopefully people are, are going out and enjoying some uh, socially distanced outdoor space. Pay attention to the signs uh, and things around you. Um, often you might be surprised as to who it is that's looking after that local kind of green space that you love so much. Um, take an interest, get in touch with them, find out what you might be able to do to, to help. You know, um, uh, there are, there's almost everyone has some kind of means of communication these yep. days and, uh, and yeah, really engage with that. Yeah, no, thank you. Um, and yeah, thanks for being on the podcast. Right. Thanks very much, Luke.